Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. Uh, once again, it is time for us, The Approach Shot. I'm John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels. And hey, John, happy 100th episode. We've done this 100 times? We have done this 100 times. We've actually technically done this more than that, because if you remember, we've had some technical difficulties on a few shows, so it's probably show 105 or something like that. Oh, but, you had to point that out, didn't well, you? Well, I did have to. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, stuff happens, man. It this, does. though, is our 100th episode. We started in December of 2020, right, right in the middle of COVID. I am so impressed by this. And, and let me tell you why. Because dates and names, two things I'm not good at. <laughs> Hosting shows you'd be very good at. I believe I remembered my first anniversary. But then there's a running joke in our family. Neither of us remember our anniversary. Oh. It's, it's normally like passing the hallway and go, um, about five days ago, we had an anniversary. Did you remember? <laughs> it's nice to see that you're both hopeless romantics. Yeah. yeah. And my wife, I go, oh, no, I didn't. I see the day made a big impression on you too. You <laughs> In our house, the anniversary has gone from really nice restaurants and gifts to really nice restaurants to, hey, where do we want to get Take out, by the way, happy anniversary. The great thing about show 100, and I will promote your other podcast for once instead of you doing it. John okay. also <laughs> is the co-host of those weekend golf guys, which you can download anywhere podcasts are available. And you've done about 370 shows there. So yeah. this is, this will always be the baby to you. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the, uh, the one, the, the one you, you coddle. The interesting thing about the difference between the two shows is, is those weekend golf guys teaches you how to be a better golfer here. Mm -hmm. We just tell stories and have fun, get silly and stuff. Right. And the fact that we found a hundred different people that are willing to come on and just, you know, tell stories and yuck it up with <laughs> us for 35, 40 minutes. is yeah. kind of incredible. And do you know, what's even, even more impressive. What's that? Is that of those hundred people that have done that so far, Mm -hmm. probably about 80 of them have expressed a desire to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we've done none of those. Right. So, but, but, but we remember them all. That's right. <laughs> and, and in our first half prior to our taking time off, mm -hmm. we actually did a segment called golf is a funny game. So we had comedians come on and do five or six minutes of shtick after we talk to people. So technically we've had a hundred guests plus, plus 15, 20 comedians that we had during that run. In fact, I want to get some of those comedians back on to do an entire show because yeah. they were great. They just did five minutes of shtick and left, but you know, yeah. I know a bunch of them are golfers and, and they would like to come back on. So yeah, we'll, we'll probably circle back to a few of those mm -hmm. today though. I believe we have reached another level because we have had Amazing guest to date, but this person I mentioned by name to my wife and she's not a sports fan. So mm -hmm. when I mention guys like Fred Barnett, or I mentioned guys like any of the other people that we've had, uh, the incredible NFL players and hockey players and baseball players, she 
doesn't have any interest. I mentioned today's guest's name. I didn't even get it out of my mouth. She knew exactly who it was and said how cool it was and said these words. I will even listen to that episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's for you, babe. I hope you like it. <laughs> we better be on our best behavior. We best be. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm not even going to say who it is because anybody who's downloaded this episode has seen his name already. Uh -huh. So it says, you know, on the top of that, who it is. Right. Um, but let's just say um, it's someone that if you're of a certain age, you will absolutely know who it is. Exactly. You will. 100th episode. Happy days are here again, man. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back. Every day, our brave military men and women, along with their families, make tremendous sacrifices for our freedom. Patriotic Hearts, a nonprofit organization, is dedicated to supporting these heroes and their families in their times of need. By donating your unwanted car to Patriotic Hearts, you'll be supporting job transition and job fair programs, veteran entrepreneurship, counseling, and retreats for combat veterans and their spouses. Call 800-441-9109. You'll receive a tax deduction and we'll arrange a free pickup at your convenience. Imagine the difference you can make in the lives of those who have given so much for our country. Your car donation will directly impact military families, veterans, providing them with the support they desperately need. Call 800-441-9109. You can become a part of something bigger. Join us in our mission to uplift and honor our military community. Call 800-441-9109 to donate your unwanted car to Patriotic Hearts. And we are back as we promised we would. 100 times we have fulfilled that promise every time we said we'd be back, and here we are. I'm John Ashton. This is The Approach Shot. I'm Neil Michaels, and today we have, well, we have Hollywood royalty with us. John Most, who probably you best know him for the days that he was Ralph Mouth on Happy Days. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Neil. Good to be with you. And you too, John. Thanks for showing up, man. We appreciate it. You got thrown into a, and you too. I love that. We're already, <laughs> we already have this correct. <laughs> People are, are going to tune in and, and listen to find out about your happy days. And we have a lot of other things to talk about, including your amazing singing career, your directing, some of your most recent acting, but happy days is obviously what people know you best for. How is your relationship with Ralph these days? Oh, it's good. It's very good. Um, probably, you know, uh, better. There was a little bit of a rocky time, I guess. I did seven seasons of, of Happy Days, the, you know, the first seven. My contract was up after that. It was a tough decision. But, you know, I, I'd been playing the same character for, for that seven years. And in those days, in the 70s, when there was only three networks, it wasn't cable, it wasn't internet. So it was more of a tendency to where you can get really typecast um, back then. And and I knew what I was going to be up against. Um, and I wanted to have, you know, a career, an acting career that would last a lifetime and playing a lot of different kinds of roles because I was not really like Ralph in many ways. I wasn't. You know, I wanted to, to really stretch out. So it was tough, but I decided not to renew, you know, and sign up again. It was actually the same year Ron Howard decided the same thing. And for 
obvious reasons we know what Ron wanted to do. I don't know what happened with that. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I was leaving at that point, then it was a little bit of a rockier relationship where it was, I didn't want people to just be thinking of me and that, and they would inevitably, you know, do that. And and sometimes it would made it tough for me, you know, to get up for other kinds of acting roles and even you know, even to audition, like for films, it was very tough. But I, I persevered, you know, I kept, I did a bunch of theater. And initially I told my agent, I didn't want to do another series right then. I wanted to stick to try to do film and theater, but film, it was just really hard. Um, I couldn't even get an audition, you know, to go in and read for, for it, unless it was a part just, you know, very similar to Ralph. But, but like I said, I, I chipped away at it and and I'd get a role that was a little bit different and then something that was even more different. And, and then it started to open up more and more. And, and the last five years, maybe because, you know, I'm getting into a different age bracket for sure. <laughs> right. It's opened up uh, even more where I've been playing a wide variety of very interesting characters. So, um, so I, I have great feelings uh, when I look back at the show now and embrace it. And um, it, as a matter of fact, later in this month, it's, uh, it's our 50th anniversary from when Happy Days uh, first Ooh. appeared on the air. So, um, Crazy. yeah, I, I, I'm in a much better relationship with Ralph these days. <laughs> <laughs> Happy um, to see that red hair turns the same beautiful color of white as everybody else's hair. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think to lose that, that carrot top thing is not good anymore. He's got that crooner look now, though. So, you <laughs> yeah, know, it works perfectly. Exactly. Is it yeah. true that you actually tried out for the part of Richie? No, the part of Potsy. So you were Potsy. close. Yeah, I was trying out for Potsy. But, uh, I, you know, I met with the exec producers, uh, two of them, Tom Miller and Ed Milkis, and uh, we had a really good meeting. And then they brought me back, and that's when I met Gary Marshall and had to read for him in front of a, a room full of people. And um, it was for Potsy. What happened that Ron and Anson had already done a pilot for Happy Days, had a different name, but about a year and a half earlier, they had done a pilot. And Mary and Ross played the mom, Ron's mom. It was a different father, a different Joni. And there was no Ralph. There was no Fonzie. It didn't get on the air. It didn't sell. But then a year and a half later, now Grease is a big hit on Broadway. American mm -hmm. Graffiti is big hit that summer. And then the network was like, oh, wait a minute, maybe we should, you know, rethink this. And they went back to Gary. But they were concerned that Ron and, Hen and Anson might be too old to play high school now. It was almost two years later. So uh, Gary was sticking up for them, and, but they, they made him screen test them. So Ron and Anson had to screen test for the roles that they had already played. And they had to bring in other people. Network said, you know, bring in some other people, too. And. Um, so I was one of those hopefuls that got in, made it past a series of auditions and then a screen test. My agent called me afterwards and said, you didn't get the role of Potsy, but the executives at Paramount, they, they liked your screen test so much that they want to create, put you in the show, make you a regular role. And, and they're going to create, there's a small part in the pilot for this guy named Ralph who's into cars and all that. And they'll make that a, a series regular. So that's how, that's how that happened. That's fantastic. Cool. Can I ask a question? Is, is, is it almost a, like a formula with Gary Marshall? You had, you had you and Potsy and then Laverne and Shirley had, had Lenny and Squiggy. And a different um, relationship, but, but yeah. the same kind of. 
yeah, um, interplay. I, I, yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know the evolution of, um, you know, when originally, you know, uh, Penny and Cindy came on our show and did an episode where uh, Fonzie and Penny were going out on a date, you know, Laverne, and they were going to double date, so they brought in Richie to date Shirley. And then when it went so well and they decided we have to make a, they're going to make a series, you know, I don't know the thought process of how they came up with Lenny and Squiggy, but um, yeah, yeah, Gary, you know, Gary might have had a, a strong influence in saying, you know, we need uh, you know, these sidekick characters, and yeah. and that's how it developed, probably. Yeah, because I mean, you guys in both series, you guys that that interplay between the two, it added a lot, a lot yeah. of comedy too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, originally it was you know Richie and Potsy were. With the, if you look at the first two seasons, especially the first season, it was Richie and Potsy and Ralph and Fonzie were very peripheral characters. We mm-hmm. we we came on and we weren't integral, central parts of the of the storylines. But then it started growing and evolving, and then Fonzie became so popular, and mm-hmm. then it became more like Richie and Fonzie, and then Potsy and Ralph were the were the supporting characters. Yeah. Speaking of those guys, it seems you guys as a cast have stayed very close. Yes, definitely. We, we got along so well, you know, when we were doing the show, we did become a family, even though it sounds kind of cliche, but we were very much that and uh, very close. And then it, so it continued. Uh, We can't see everybody as much as we did, but uh, Anson and I are best friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, We speak to each other all the time. See, I can't see him as much now that I've moved in uh, out of the state. But um, but we still talk all the time and he's going to come visit. And and, you know, I stay in touch with Ron and Henry primarily these days, you know, email, some phone conversations. I saw Henry just a couple of months ago. Um, He was out here this way and um, we got together. It was great. And uh, I stay in touch with Ron and Marion, too. Uh, Spoke to Marion just uh, about a week or two ago. So it's great. These are our happy days. I know we want to talk a little bit about your golf game, some about your singing, of course. And then I have something completely left field that I want to ask you about. But uh, (laughs) we we got to take a break. John's giving me the sign. All right. Gave him the fingers already. (laughs) The approach shot. Don Lewis is our guest and we will be right back. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1097. 800-987-1097. That's 800-987-1097. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. All right, thanks for hanging with us. And with a guest like Don Most, you know, we got stories, 
he's well we don't have stories we're going to get the stories out of him we are this is the approach shot i'm john ashton i'm neil michaels and and yes this is this is the time i wish we had two hours to talk because there's so many things we could ask you about i do want to ask you about something that came out of left field pardon the pun happy days had a hell of a softball team yeah and yeah, you good yeah. sir were a very good center fielder uh thank you yeah i, I was i was you know, when I was growing up, kid in in Brooklyn was major Yankee fan because I started following Yankees. You know, before the Mets came in, it was about 1960 when I really started following them, and so it was the Mantle Maris era. And I was a huge Mickey Mantle fan. You know, my walls were covered with it was like Mickey Mantle wallpaper in my room. You know, every <laughs> inch was covered with the Mick. I emulated him, and I was really into you know, playing baseball, softball, baseball when I was younger. And then later, you know, so when I was young, it was, that was my dream to become a, a major league player. But then I got the, you know, I got the acting and singing bug when I was pretty young too. And that took over. Um, I guess when I realized that I probably didn't have the skills and the the size and all that for, uh, to go to the, you know, to make it really and uh, say the major leagues or anything like that. So um, I kind of, um, you know, my, my path changed. But then when, when uh, Happy Days, when we got into it, Ron was a big, you know, he was into basketball and baseball a lot. And we'd go to games together. And then we joined an entertainment league. And so Ron was on it and myself and, and then Henry. Uh, Henry hadn't played a lot of ball, but Ron taught him. He said, he could, you know, you could be a pitcher. And, and uh, he <laughs> taught him to pitch. Um, and then Gary, who was a major sports guy, uh, saw that we had some guys who were into it, and it was his idea. Let's form a softball team, and he knew that we'd be able to go around the country and play before major league games in the park in the major league parks. You know, for charity, uh, we'd pl play usually against like a local radio station. We played, you know, from Dodger Stadium, uh, San Diego, the stadium down there, Wrigley Field, um, Veteran Stadium, and uh, the Astrodome. Uh, uh, Candlestick Park, Shea Stadium. We played in all of those, and um, and I did um, I did well. You know, I was pretty good. I hit home runs. You know, not over the fence with softball, but you know, like an inside the park type homer, probably in like at least four of the games. You know, something like that. I got really major major um, thrill for me because um, I told you I was a Mantle fan. So we were playing, I think, in Oakland. Billy Martin was the manager, I think, at the time. So <laughs> I knew about Billy from, you know, because Mickey and Billy were really close. And I hit a line drive that went right in the gap and went back to the fence and came around. And Billy says, man, that was a good swing. I like that line drive you hit, you know. So I was like, oh, wow, Billy Martin, <laughs> you know. And, and then I made a catch out in center field where I had to go back on the ball. And then I came in, he said, well, like the way you went back on that ball. So that was it. I was like in heaven. You know? Well, in 1968, I moved from Boston to New York City. So uh -huh. by law, you know, I, I have to hate the Yankees. Right, right. But, but we're going to let you stay on the show till we're done anyhow. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> nice. That's nice. So you have this great swing. That's a softball yeah. swing. Things progress. We age and all that kind of stuff. And you decide you're going to get more into golf. Yeah not, yeah. not the same swing, though, is it? No, no. And it was tough. It was tough going from, you know, that flat uh, level swing and then going to the whole other arc. And 
Um, and I tended to have a pretty flat swing when I first started playing. I'm, I think I've gotten it a little better over the years. Uh, it's probably still a little flat, but I managed to play. Uh, I got, and the way I got uh, really sucked into the game, which is easy to do. It's such an addictive game, as we know. I, I started getting invited because of Happy Days to play in these proams. So, you know, I, I so finally, I, I, first couple, I said, well, I don't play. And one of them, they said, well, you don't even have to worry. We just want you to come be there, come to the event, the dinner, and don't worry about the golf so much. Well, so I, but I kind of geared up for it a little bit and took some lessons and went. And then here I am playing with, you know, like a pro out <laughs> at it was the Greater Greensboro. And I'm playing on this, you know, on the course with, with a pro and these other guys. And it was like, wow, this is, this is something else. It was a cool way to get introduced to the game. And, and, you know, and then I was played with Hal Sutton. And, and then I got to meet Fuzzy Zeller and start playing in some of his tournaments. And so I really, you know, got sucked in to the game. And, um, and I got it to be at a pretty good level um, when I was playing twice a week. And, but this was 20 years ago. I know, right? I was down to about a nine handicap, but now wow. you know I don't know what I am. I, but you know, I'll probably probably be like a fourteen or fifteen, I guess. I haven't haven't been on a course in actually a year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going going to the range and trying to keep it somewhat uh, together. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward now to playing a little bit more once the weather gets warmer out here and seeing if I can get my game into good shape. I think I watched you tee off at Fuzzy Zeller's course over here in Indiana during his oh, uh, Wolf Challenge yeah. couple the years. Wolf, yeah, I went to yeah. the Wolf. Yeah, that was so yeah. much fun. Yeah, I went to the Wolf Challenge probably like four or five times. Yeah, yeah it was over. Yeah, in, in Indiana. Um, what was the name of his the course? Oh, I, Covered Bridge. I, Covered Bridge. Yeah, I have yep. a picture of it, a, yep. a nice painting of it. Um, yeah, I had great time. I really enjoyed that. Fuzzy was great. A lot of great people that uh, came to his tournaments. Yeah, that was a great time in, in town yeah. for everybody. Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. We've got golf to talk about. We also have to talk about your transition to a swing singer. I prefer to call you a crooner. The fact is you released an album, I guess it's a, three years ago now that, that it came out? Oh, it was about more like six years ago. Six like, years ago, okay. Something like that. Yeah, called uh, The Most Mostly Swinging, right? <laughs> <laughs> And and this is how we got to know each other a little bit on Facebook is that New York High, the single, has oh, been on a heritage the, chart. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's from my new CD. It's, it's just coming out. It's on the heritage chart. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that no. <laughs> You're the guest. You don't you don't need to apologize. <laughs> uh, and New York High has gotten as high as in the top 10 and has been in the top 40 on the heritage chart. For 12 weeks, it just dropped off. But as I like yeah. to think, a lot of that was Christmas songs. I think it's going to bounce back on for a little bit. But yeah, I hope so. You sound damn good, my friend. You've got oh. that, that Sinatra, Michael Buble thing going. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I that was my first love. I was singing before I was acting. I started going to the school in Manhattan when I was 13 for singing. They had some acting and uh, dancing, but I was really... Uh, I loved that music. I saw, you know, I really got into, you know, all the great legends from the 20s, the, the music from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, there's Sinatra's and, and uh, Nat King Cole and Joe Williams, who sang with the Basie Band and 
Dino, of course, and Tony Bennett, Sammy Davis. But my main man was uh, who I saw at the Copacabana when I was 18 was Bobby Darren. He could sing that genre of music right up there with the best of them. He was just freaking amazing. So I got influenced by these people, uh, you know, by those singers. And, and I actually got through that school, got picked to be part of a nightclub review when I was 15 years old, performed in the Catskill Mountains for the for summer. So I was singing in the hotel nightclubs back then, you know, I was 15 and I, I was, thought I'd made it big time, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was, um, I've always loved that style of music. But, you know, back in, in the 70s when Happy Days was, was hot and the early 80s, that kind of music had kind of passed that was looked upon as my parents' music or my grandparents' music. And mm-hmm. so it was hard for me to pursue that kind of genre back then because the standards are, you know, jazz standards and the standards are so great that they stand the test of time. And it came back with, yeah. you know, people like Buble. It uh, started with, you know, with Harry Connick doing mm-hmm. some of that music in a movie. And then Diana Krall and Natalie Cole, Nat, Nat King Cole's daughter, did a whole album of that, which was amazing. More and more people started doing that again, and it, it came into favor. So I decided about 10 years ago, so if I'm ever going to do it, I better start, you know, because yeah. time's not, uh, I'm not getting younger, as, as the saying goes. Yeah. Have you heard any of the postmodern jukebox where they're taking current and doing them in that style? Yeah, I have heard some of that, and it was really good. I yeah. and people have talked to me about that. I have to listen to more of their music. Um, I met somebody that was associated with somewhere, and I thought maybe we'd do something, but it hasn't happened yet. So who knows? Well, we'll everybody who is listening should should download should go onto iTunes and download New York High because it's a great song. Yeah, even more so though, John, this will blow your mind. Part of the album is the old "Smoke from a Distant Fire." Uh huh. Sanford Townsend band. Uh-huh. And I have to tell you, Don, the first time I heard it, I, the, your version, I hated it. Hated <laughs> it. I was like, this is too slow. It's too this. And, and I, but you know, we're old DJs. So you hear right. you play it a second time because you never make your judgment on the first one. And the second time I was like, oh, they really just stripped it down to the melody and yeah. your voice. And then I heard it the third time and now I can't. I love absolutely. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love hearing that. I saw some comments, you know, where people didn't like it because, you know, I loved that song when it came out um, mm-hmm. in the 70s and thought it was just, that band was great and that, that arrangement, the song was just great. And so when I was talking with my producer about, I wanted to bring in a couple of songs other than just the jazz standards. So we did a few, uh, a Smokey Robinson tone, tune, Ooh Baby Baby. And then I said, you know, there was a song I always loved, brought up, uh, smoke from a distant fire and the producer said you know i I once heard a version where they kind of made it bluesy and it was really interesting so we talked about it more and more and said let's do that let's go so you know because to compete with what they did i mean it it didn't make sense you know it made more sense to to try a different approach yeah i i think it came out really well and i i do think though it's a little bit you know kind of a little off-putting or something when you first hear it, if you were a big fan of the original, it's like, what, <laughs> what are they doing? You know, but right. um, it, it, it works as a bluesy kind of uh, slow, slow, um, you know, love, uh, love, unrequited love or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Love, love that's gone South or, 
or, you know, the one that got away, so to speak. Anyway, I'm glad to hear that, Neil, that uh, that now you're a fan of it. Yeah, I'm going to have to go download it immediately. We're done here because I was the first person to play the Sanford Townsend band version on the radio. Oh, wow. You? Just want to wow. get that out there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> were they yeah. relatives or something? No, no. I just, I just, <laughs> you know, it was the payola. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> payola, of course. <laughs> no, but that, I just, I just heard it. And it was one of those songs that, like you say, you hear it and immediately it's like, yeah, that's a hit. We're going to play it. Oh, yeah. It so, was great. Anyhow, it's just one great. of my, one of my few claims to fame. I like to get it out there when I can. We that's are the approach shot. God most is our guest. And we will be right back. Have you ever tried to buy gold and silver and felt like you were talking to a used car salesman? That's because the precious metals industry is like the Wild West. Salesmen can say pretty much anything or make any promise they want without repercussion. But Genesis Gold Group is different. They're a faith-driven Christian precious metals company and believe in educating their customers, not pressuring them for a quick sale. Genesis Gold Group focuses on customer service, not sleazy marketing. Genesis Gold Group is named after the first book of the Bible for a reason. Proper stewardship of wealth is their specialty. Find out why they've earned a 5 out of 5 rating through the Better Business Bureau and how they can help you secure your wealth or retirement through physical precious metals. Call right now to learn more. 800-239-6987. Hey, we are back again with Don Most, The Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels, and, and we're sorry to do this to you, Don, but we do this to everybody who comes on board. The Six Pack. The Six Pack is six questions we're going to fire at you. As quickly as we can, we want you to give us the very first thought that comes to mind. No oh. thinking about it. I know it's a lot of pressure. You didn't come on here for pressure, but damn it, that's what we're going to do. All righty. All right. Question one. In 2007, you won an Outstanding Achievement in Directing Award for Moolah at the Newport Beach Film Festival. Then in 2021, a Best Supporting Actor role for Lost Heart at the International Christian Film Festival. You only get to pick one, those awards or having a number one single, which would it be? Or number one single. Um, <laughs> I guess I'd take the number one single. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing you haven't done, right? Let's get there. Yeah, you haven't had a number one single. That's true. It got up to number six on the Heritage chart, which is nice. But, yep. you know, that's um, not, not the... Uh, I don't even know these days. The charts have changed. Um, it, it seems different, but um, I haven't been paying as much attention. But it sounds like a cool thing to have. So it would, it would be a cool thing to have. You could even put that on a T-shirt. I'm Don Most, and I had a number one single. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Question two, Don, what's your most memorable golf shot or golf round? Oh, golf round. Yeah, um, it's kind of a tie. I mean, th there was one that um, I played in my local course out in, it was in Thousand Oaks, California. It's called Las Robles. It was a par, it's a par 70. And I shot a 72, le totally legit Ooh. 72. Ooh. So wow. that, that was definitely very, very memorable. 
But then there was also around at Riviera because I was playing in one of these charity tournaments mm -hmm. and it was a team thing, but we were playing our own ball, you know? So I was keeping track of what I was shooting and I, I, I shot like a 77 at Riviera. I thought was, was right up there with my 72. That's Damn outstanding. Impressive. Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. All right. Question three. This one blew my mind. In 1975, John Lennon and his son, Julian, who loved Happy Days, came to the set. Yeah. You were like 21 or 22 years old. Do you remember how mind-blown you were? Oh, yeah. I totally <laughs> remember how mind-blown I was. And it was, actually, it was actually the first season, like in February, um, we were shooting our sixth episode, I think it was, our fourth or fifth, sixth episode. So it was 1974. I was 20. And then all of a sudden, uh, Anson, who played Potsy, came over and he said, I just went to the, get coffee. And there's this guy who walked in with a, with a young kid. And he looked an awful lot like John Lennon. And we're laughing, you know, going, yeah, right, John Lennon. And then all of a sudden, we see this guy walk down closer. And, and our jaws are on the floor because we realized it was, it was freaking John Lennon. You know, John was a fan of the 50s music, too. So it was, he was taking Julian around. Show, you know, they were going to Disneyland afterwards, I think. And they just showed up on the unannounced. They stayed. He was, you know, he was so humble and, and soft-spoken and wonderful. And they hung out for like a couple of hours watching us rehearse, uh, talking, and uh, just, just amazing here. All right, question four. We here at The Approach Shot have a magic genie. I bet you didn't know that. And you, sir, are given the opportunity to front for any band at any time in history. Who are you lead singing for? Oh, oh shoot. Any band. And it's tough because I, I love, you know, the, the music from the, from the, what we call the classic rock era. I love that too. But for performing and everything, it was more of what we talked about, the jazz standards. So I'd have to say probably the Count Basie band, <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably Count Basie band. There you go. With Sanford Townsend being second, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question five. It's the morning of August 8th, your birthday. And Morgan, who you've been married to for 37 years. Congratulations. 40, 42. 42. This information is bad. Hey, you know, Wikipedia, old... your, your mm. information is bad. 42. <laughs> congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Morgan says, hey, honey, you can have anything you want for your birthday dinner. Take out. I'll make it anything. What are you having? Wow. Shoot. That's a tough one. And take out or we go out for the dinner, right? Or somebody can make it for you. Yeah. Wow. What do I want? Oh, probably, I, you know, probably a great Italian meal because I, I love the Italian food. We've been to. We've been to Italy a few times, so um, I would have to be something with uh, in that line, you know, a, a real bruschetta that we had in Rome as a, a appetizer, and then uh, almost any dish that I ordered there was fantastic. So let's, I'd say, okay, let's go to Rome and and go to one of those great restaurants. That would be my pick. There you go. <laughs> Chicken parmesan, veal parmesan, anything specific? Anything, any, any. Probably more, you know, rip pasta with uh, um, meat, you know, a, a marinara, arrabbiata, 
kind of sauce, that kind of thing. Very uh, nice. Yeah. Look, your New York Italian showed right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question six, and we ask this of everybody who comes on the show. Since we are the approach shot, Don, most in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? Oh, my God. What rule do I live by? And being true to yourself and and being kind to others. That is a terrific one. Yes. Very nice. Sometimes yeah. the simplest answers are the best. Yeah. Don Most, you did great. You are off the hot seat, my friend. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> He's making me hungry, too, with the Italian There was a little sweat comments. going there, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, flop sweat. John asked a question before we came on that I wanted to ask you. When did you go from Donnie to Don, and do people still call you Donnie? What, what, oh, yeah. The, the answer to that is either, either one. I still have lots of friends who call me Donnie. Um, I decided during that period that I mentioned earlier when I was trying to make the transition out of just mm. being known as Ralph and wanting to have acting career, and I felt, you know, Donnie was good when I was young, growing up. I was 20 when I got Happy Days, so it was still kind of, you know, I was still. Yeah, you were a kid. I was still, yeah, that name was yeah. still working. But now I was 27, and I said, uh, they have to, I want to be taken a little bit more seriously as an actor. And so I decided, you know, I needed to go to um, to Don. And uh, so for billing purposes, I, I stick to that. But otherwise, it doesn't matter whether people, you know, I go by either name. But for right. billing I thought it'd be good to go with Don. That, that's how that happened. There you go. Oh, very cool. And, and very cool. just sense. to let you know, just to quote Ralph, acing that six pack the way you did, you still got it. <laughs> <laughs> Even on the approach shot, I still got it. <laughs> hey, Don, you ever get close? You ever get to Cincinnati or Louisville or any of Nashville or any place like that? Give me a call. I'll take you out. We'll play 18 over at Fuzzy's place. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I recorded the latest the album with that new. It's called New York High, in Nashville. We we recorded oh. it there at a Hilltop Studios, and and then my producer Tony Manter's uh, studio, um, and then I was in Louisville. There's a Louisville here in um, Colorado, um, yeah. but it was in Louisville six months ago, or maybe a little longer. I I did a film. I did a. Uh, it was just a one scene, but I I flew in there. To, to do a part in a movie there. So um, oh. it was good getting back there. I hadn't been there in a while. Well, so, you get yeah. close, bring bring your clubs, and we'll uh, we'll do it up, man. That would be great. That sounds wonderful. Cool. I would love to. Look forward to it, man. And we appreciate you spending time with us today right here on The Approach Shot. Well, I, I very much enjoyed it. I really did truly enjoyed talking to both of you and hope to do it again sometime. We would love that. Absolutely. Don Most, thanks for joining us on The Approach Shot. You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. <laughs>